0: Welcome to another episode of Comics and Cinema. This is a coronavirus special. I have been watching a ton of movies and TV, uh, reading comics, playing video games, hanging out at home, staying uh, distant socially with uh, my peers. Uh, except for obviously my uh, my immediate family who is in the home, but I was uh, scratching my head. I'm thinking, well, you know, typically I get a podcast out for uh, for going to see a movie, and I can't believe the last movie that I saw in theaters was The Hunt. And I'm not saying that because that movie was bad. I still think about that movie; it was a great movie. But uh, just because it's been so long. And so I realized, uh, and and uh, trust me, guys, I got your letters, I got I got your emails, I got the texts. Uh, you're clamoring for a new episode, and so I figured, what better than to have? And I haven't really decided the title of this show yet, but uh, this is going to be a treat. Uh, a corona, I'm thinking of calling it like a cor- the Corona Bonanza, uh, part one of who knows how many parts, but essentially maybe every week. I will just do a podcast of everything that I've watched during the week uh, because I'm working hard. I'm working hard at trying to watch as much as I can right now. We're in a rare opportunity where I finally, or it is finally socially acceptable for me to not go out all the time, whereas I wasn't going out beforehand and people would say, oh, you know, you need to get out more. and Now it's like, ha ha, you know, <laughs> you got egg on your face now. I, I, I'm staying home because I'm in the right. But uh, yeah, so if you hadn't guessed by now, uh, this is going to be a very off the cuff episode. And all of these coronavirus episodes will be off the cuff because this entire system is off the cuff right now. Uh, No one knows what's going to happen tomorrow, next week, next month. We're just all in the lurch right now, waiting for something to happen, waiting for the world to change. And uh, so, if I can, hopefully, if I can provide you with a little bit, a little bit of smiles, maybe a couple laughs, a couple of ponderings, uh, then I'll have uh, satisfied my role. Now, I am going to preface this. Uh, It is, it is Friday evening, and uh, I'm sitting here with an almost empty uh, cold brew. Uh, for those of you familiar with what a cold brew is, it is not alcohol. It is the, the, quite the opposite. It is something that's had a very interesting effect on me. Uh, most recently, I've started drinking coffee. Uh, I uh, didn't before, and I haven't in uh, my 28 years of life. But uh, I-, I love the smell of coffee, I love coffee grounds, I just, I I'd taste it, and ugh, I just didn't like it, and I thought, maybe I'll go my whole life without drinking coffee, with the caveat that I knew I probably would as soon as I had kids, uh, that's how my parents started drinking coffee, but uh, recently I was like, you know what, no, no time like the present, so uh, this was actually before the coronavirus hit, but I, wa- I wonder if they're related. Um, I never really drank it also because caffeine, sugar, uh, I, I have a sugar tooth and I, I I get a rush from a very small amount of caffeine. That's my gamer fuel. A Red Bull keeps me up literally. I've timed it perfectly, actually. If I drink a Red Bull at 8 p.m., I can stay up easily till 2 uh, with no, no problem, which is crazy. Even just the tiny little sugar-free Red Bulls, the little tiny 8-ounce ones. But I'm drinking a giant uh, nitro cold brew, or it's... Not nitro, but it's a cold brew, so I am off the walls, I'm bonkers, and I'm ready to talk about these movies. So, uh, buckle up because there's a lot. Uh, It's been two weeks of the coronavirus, and uh, so I've been hunkered down watching quite a few things, which is great though. I'm sure a lot of you out there have watch lists on multiple streaming platforms and are constantly thinking, oh man, like what am I gonna watch next? Or, heaven forbid, you've got great people out there saying, hey, you know, you need to watch this show. I know I do, and I just have to tell them, hey, I'll add it to the list because my list just keeps growing. Life gets in the way, and as we all know here at Comics and Cinema, our number one priority is consuming media. So uh, that's what I've finally been able to do, and honestly, it's been a relief. Uh, I'm one of those people that's very ocd And so having hundreds of things that I need to do or need to watch just drives me up the wall because even at that point, it's like, how can you choose? Okay, fine. The next movie's coming up. What am I going to watch? I've got a hundred different movies to pick from. So before we get started here, I'm going to give a quick shout out to an app uh, called Tiny Decisions and uh, not sponsored unless they want to sponsor me. You can send me a check. That would be great. Uh, But essentially, it is a spin-the-wheel app. You type in different things and then press uh, this wheel spinning, and and it'll pick for you. So I actually have three uh, wheels. I have a wheel of movies, I have a wheel of TV shows to start watching, and then I have a wheel of TV series. The difference between that being a, a TV series for me is anything longer than three seasons because obviously there's a time commitment there. So I've got Game of Thrones. I've never seen Game of Thrones. That's on that list. I can't wait to watch it. Uh, but then on the other, uh, my regular TV shows, I've got so many. I've got uh, One Strange, I'm just looking at it right now. One Strange Rock, Punisher, the second season. Witcher, Chernobyl, Boys, Hunters, Uh, Altered Carbon, Electric Dreams, Cowboy Bebop, High Fidelity. Uh, What's nice is I actually have I'm subscribed to almost every streaming service, so I've got this all at my fingertips. I just need to sit down and watch it, and I've got I've got the time. So uh, so without further ado, we are going to jump into the first ever uh, Corona Bonanza, and I'm going to list off I'm going to tell you what these movies are. I'm going to give you some quick hits. Some quick thoughts, there are some movies here that were amazing or great, and I'll probably talk about them just a little bit more, and some of the ones that, there are a couple that were like, yikes, so um, those ones obviously, you know, I'll barely say a word about them, but uh, first off, since seeing The Hunt, uh, did a rewatch of Hot Rod with my family, Um, incredible movie, I mean, hands down, one of the funniest movies of all time, so there's, there's nothing more to say about that, it's not a new movie, I've seen that movie a lot. But if you haven't seen Hot Rod, go and see it, and um, you know you'll probably find yourself wanting to go into a forest and and punch dance your rage out until you fall hundreds of feet down the side of a mountain, and um, also maybe want to fight your stepdad. Uh, Next up, though, Travis Scott, Look Mom, I Can Fly. This is on Netflix, and uh, this was good. I enjoyed it. I'd been wanting to watch it for a long time. I love Travis Scott all his out I've actually have not fully listened to rodeo and for those of you out there who are you know um, I don't even know what the, the Scott, the Scott squad, is that maybe what they're called? I don't know. If you're a fan of Travis Scott, I'm sorry, but I will say that I've probably made up for it by the amount of times that I've listened to birds in the trap and Astroworld. So, uh, getting to see how he made Astroworld was just so cool. There's specifically this scene in the, in the show that really stuck with me when he's, he's listening to one of his tracks after kind of crafting and creating it, and he uh, he just loses his mind when he's listening to it. Like after the beats get dropped in and all that, and I, it was just so funny to see how he reacted to it, because it was almost the exact same way that I reacted to it when I was listening to it. and It may have been the first. It may have been uh, well, it may have been stargazing. It was either. It is one of his more famous ones, but. I just, when I saw him do that, I just smiled because I was like, you know what? He loves what he's doing. Like he, who wouldn't to know that not only are you great at making music, you're great at figuring out, but you've got a great team of people that you're working with to create that magic. Uh, Like why wouldn't, why would you ever want to hide those emotions? Like I would be screaming and crying every single day. I would be so happy that I'm a... Not even that I'm a famous rapper, but just that I'm an, a good rapper. That like it's a consensus that most people are you, like you. I think that's that would be just the coolest thing in the world. And um, so yeah, so shout out to Travis Scott. Thanks for making that. Thanks for Netflix for showing it. Uh, next up, Moon. Uh, this is a from 2009, starring uh, Sam Rockwell. Had not seen this movie prior. Uh, this movie also on Netflix. I'm sure it's probably still there, but I watched this probably two weeks ago. Uh, but it was good. I I'd been wanting to watch it. It was one of those movies of like, oh, you got to see this, and it, it was interesting. Uh, and and bef- well, I was going say I would say spoilers, but I won't I won't mention any spoilers actually this movie how about this any movies that i've watched that came out either uh within the last two years i won't spoil but this movie is way older than that so it's just really was really interesting to see the whole the whole clone aspect in this movie was really good you don't see that a lot in films and it's something that very easily can be dumb and and silly and this just, it was heart-wrenching in this, and they really went with it, like, finding out that he was a clone, that could have been the cliffhanger at the end of this movie, but that's, you find that out, like, it may even be before halfway through the movie, like, so just the whole having to grasp with that in your mind, I... Just blew me away. And I thought that was really cool. Also, just based on past experiences, the whole time I was waiting for Kevin Spacey's robot to end up being the bad guy in the movie. And he doesn't end up being the bad guy, which was great. So I'm really happy. Shout out to AI. Uh, not always bad. I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, next up, The Ramen Girl. This was a movie I wanted to watch and uh, I watched it with my wife. This is on Hulu, um, starring Brittany Murphy. Uh, The reason I wanted to watch this movie is because you could call me the ramen boy. I love ramen. I love Japanese culture a uh, really any asian culture i just am fascinated with and uh so I, I wanted to check that out see what it was all about and it's actually not a bad movie and that's what i would say about it it certainly wasn't a great movie but it wasn't a bad movie it was great to see Brittany uh you know doing her thing in this film especially you know since she's passed there's been some works obviously i haven't seen before uh but what was cool too was she's in japan and um So everyone there speaks Japanese, and they don't downplay that. It's not like, oh, okay, everyone magically speaks English there. None of the characters except for Brittany Murphy speak English. So uh, that was really cool to see with subtitles and all that. I was just really happy that it was, I'm assuming, attempting to be a mainstream movie and, uh, but still did that. Cause obviously a lot of mainstream people don't aren't fans of subtitles. And so it was just nice to see that. And, and yeah, I get it. You could throw me in there too. There's certain things I'm not a fan of in terms of subtitles with my anime, but uh, I've learned and grown to like it specifically with movies though. I don't mind that at all. Uh, next up. Ooh, Francis Ha. This is, uh, from, uh, Noah Baumbach written and directed by Noah Baumbach along with, uh, or wait, yeah, Greta Gerwig also wrote it with him, who is, uh, Noah Bombach's uh, spouse. Uh, But Greta Gerwig is the main character. This movie came out in 2012. It's shot all in black and white. And just like many Noah Baumbach pictures, it is dialogue heavy. But the dialogue is whip smart and incredible. So that's what I got to say about Francis Ha. I really enjoyed that movie. If you haven't seen it, and you were a fan of Marriage Story, I would definitely recommend checking it out. If you watched Marriage Story and didn't like it, then you know there's a chance you'll like this one, but it's that same sort of just constant talking in dialogue form that is very, at least to me, feels very accurate with how people talk. I think that's a really cool thing that Noah is able to do. He can really capture, um, you know, the, the nuances with conversations that people have. Uh, next up, All the Bright Places. This is a Netflix movie starring Elle um, Fanning and Justice Smith. Uh, it is a movie, and it was a movie that we, well, my wife and I, watched, and uh, that's about it. I was, I would categorize this as a not good movie. I gave it a five out of ten. I understand that that's a midway point, but in my rating scale, a five means not good, and uh, that is what it was. I did not enjoy that movie. It was okay, like it wasn't terrible, but I sat through it. But part of me wishes I hadn't. I will I'll preface it with that I I will watch any movie all the way through there are certain times where I'm like all right shut this off I can't take this anymore those are the really bad movies but for the most part I'm the kind of person that's willing to put in the effort to watch the whole movie to the end even if the movie isn't great I still got to give it the benefit of the doubt to say that I saw it but um but yeah this is that's one where I think actually we did stop what no we oh no we fast forwarded like 20 minutes towards the end we were like all right I know what's going to happen just and it was what we thought next up Kangaroo Jack now some of you may be saying whoa Alex Kangaroo Jack you you haven't seen that movie before what are you talking about Anthony Anderson and Jerry O'Connell are you crazy you've never seen this movie directed by David McNally um, yeah actually I have I've seen it a lot more I've seen it more times than I have fingers and toes probably just fingers but uh, when I was younger this was like one of our go to movies we loved this movie and guess what I still love it I, uh, I'm looking here on IMDB and it's got a meta score of 16 and a user score of 4.4. That's horrible. I don't, I don't get why I thought this movie was great. I, uh, I think this movie is hilarious. I don't know why I can't explain it. I think it's, it can't be the kangaroo because I actually am not the kangaroos was the minute they had the kangaroo start talking. Even the first time I watched it, I was like, oh man, I thought it was going to be like just a regular kangaroo. So whatever but uh anthony anderson is just hilarious as lewis booker jerry o'connell uh was the impetus for a lot of my comedy growing up the way that he acted in this film i just i always thought it was so funny Uh, i'm a hair those are hairdressing scissors but uh and i mean i you can't beat the conversation if you haven't seen kangaroo jack i'm gonna play out a conversation that happens in the film um they are given they they, they're they're both screw-ups and Charlie, Jerry O'Connell's character, is uh, his father who is, uh, uh, oh my god, I'm going to kick myself, oh, Christopher Walken, uh, and by the way, this is this is an all-star cast in this film, you've got Estella Warren playing Jessie, she's not been in much, but you've got Christopher Walken, Martin Sokas, Michael Shannon, uh, and there's one other person I feel like that was in this, but, um, it's basically the the storyline for this, and obviously we're talking about this one because I love this movie. But uh, they're screw ups, and so uh, Sal uh, Salvatore Maggio, uh, Christopher Walken, he's like, you know what, you guys are screw ups, but I'm giving you one last chance. He's like, in, I'm giving you this bag, and this bag has uh, is like five grand in this bag. You need to, t- or it's just a package. He's like, you need to take take this to Australia and give it to a man named Mr. Smith, and that's it. And, uh, and you're, you're, you're clear your, your slate has been wiped clean. And so on the plane ride to Australia, uh, they find out in the package, there's actually $50,000 in that package. And so they're in the bathroom discussing this. So Charlie already went to the bathroom. Anthony Anderson is like, Oh no, like looking at this thing goes inside the bathroom and he's, and so then you hear this conversation outside with the stewardesses are, uh, flight attendants and I apologize but they are uh, sitting there right by the door and uh, he's like oh my the, oh my god Charlie have you ever? I've never seen so much green inside a tiny brown package he's like oh don't oh it's slipping right out of my hands and yeah I get that that is very gross comedy and I get that it may not be funny to someone who has never seen this movie but I am still find that funny. I, there are so many bits in this film that I still find so funny. There's the, the pilot in Australia who is uh, drunk all the time. Uh, there's this bit where he uh, gets interrogated by the bad guys and he's like, ah, devil's mobbles. I say that all the time. There's just a lot of quotable lines in this film that I quote quite often. Uh, let's see. Aha, The Silence. Uh, this one is actually a bummer for me. So this is a 2019 movie. I will not spoil it. Uh, this is a Netflix movie starring Stanley Tucci, Kiernan Shipka, Miranda Otto. And what's great, if you guys aren't familiar, Kiernan and Miranda are both in Sabrina, which is a phenomenal phenomenal show uh but this this movie is essentially a knockoff of a quiet place so i will i will preface it with this if you are sad that the quiet place 2 is not in theaters yet here's your fix this is going to be just this uh, Think of this as putting a little, just a little bit of antibiotic ointment on your your wound, that wound that you have. Not enough to make the wound go away, but just enough to where the pain isn't there anymore. Because it's it's. I gave it a five. All right. So in that vein, it, it wasn't a good movie, but there's some really good bits in this movie. Specifically, a bit that I think we don't we don't get in the first quiet place, which is. This movie starts out with how the outbreak started and how this whole thing started, and from there, that's the movie. The movie is very linear in that respect. Whereas in A Quiet Place, the movie takes place after its you know society has already crumbled. This show, this one takes place as society is crumbling, so that was interesting to me, and I liked that. Everything else I didn't like. There's uh, there's quite a bit that's kind of cringy. But just the—I—I I don't know. I'm a—I like seeing society crumble. Call me the Joker, but uh, seeing it crumble in this movie was interesting and like very relevant to the coronavirus because. It, it's just funny to see the way people react in this movie. And obviously it's a movie, but it's just funny to see there's a lot of people that reacted the way in this movie as they did in real life to the coronavirus. So uh, just just interesting overall. So like I said, it, one of those films where you almost have to just watch it just to check it out. It's also a perfect movie to just have playing in the background. It's only an hour and 30 minutes long. Uh, rewatched Mask of Zorro. The 1998 movie with Antonio Banderas and uh, I was going to say Charlize Theron, but no, no, no. It's Catherine Zeta Jones. She Deeps Beneath Lasers. Ooh. And Anthony Hopkins as well. Um, This movie was not as good as I remembered it. I loved this movie growing up, watched it all the time, was so happy when it came on Netflix. And I was like, oh man, I got to rewatch it. I haven't seen it in a long time. It's it's a long movie. I didn't realize how long it was. It's two hours and 16 minutes. Uh, and not only that, but there is, so there's a lot of fluff. There's a lot of very things that just don't make sense. I mean, you got Catherine Zeta Jones, uh, dipping between lasers between her her real father and her fake father. And when she finds out that she is not her fake father's actual daughter, The level of reaction that she has is just about right for a 1998 film. But for today, it's like, wow, like she doesn't even she doesn't get mad at him. She just kind of storms off like I can't believe you would do that as if as if her dad like took away her drive, her the keys to her car. That's the not like, oh, you stole me at birth and have raised me for, you know, 20 years. Uh, and, and taken away my life my relationship with my father also your men killed my mother none of that it, it's yeah so other than that you know it's it's still it's okay oh man though here's where we're, okay so now as we're progressing through through uh, the COVID crisis here uh, and I want to stress this again I should have said this at the very beginning and maybe maybe I will I'll put it in front of the, the intro but to all of you out there who are struggling with the coronavirus, to all of you out there who, you know, are furloughed or, you know, maybe got sent home because the the place where you work is shutting down, I'm so sorry to hear that. And I I feel for you. I've just been reading so many stories and seeing articles. I've been checking up on the news every day uh, and just seeing things go from eh to eh ah to ugh. And it's just getting worse, and I really hope it gets better, and I certainly hope it gets better for all of you out there. And with that said, uh, and, and along with all of the other people all over the world who are suffering, my, my condolences go out to them. I, uh, it's certainly not a joking matter, because uh, this it's a worldwide crisis. It's something we're all going through. I think I talked about it on a prior episode. But uh, with all of that said... Uh, Aren't you kind of tired of everyone telling you to take it seriously all the time? Can't we have maybe an hour of a podcast where you can listen and let your worries go and uh, just kind of journey with me through all these films? So what, what I'm trying to say is... Uh, there's going to be some comedy in here. I'm going to try, and it's probably going to go over horribly. I wouldn't be surprised if you all just leave after this. Totally get it. But uh, I want this to be a safe space. I want this to be some uh, thing that you can listen to and think, "Haha, we hate the coronavirus. I, 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 I want to just put a lime in that coronavirus, <laughs> some Lyme disease in that coronavirus. And you're going to say, Alex, you have had one too many cold brews. And I, I would counter with, I have almost finished one. That is it. But all I'm saying is on this episode of this podcast, we're not going to be taking anything seriously, except for obviously anyone who has been actually affected by the coronavirus. My condolences and the condolences of the entire comics and cinema family are uh, are out there and with you. So uh, with that said, what's the deal with COVID-19? I mean, we're in 2020, right? Uh, just kidding. I God, man, I, I should have come up with like a set of... Uh, Coronavirus jokes. Uh, let's see. You know, a doctor walks into a bar and he says, "Hey, uh, why are you open? Why are there people sitting here? This is you know, the coronavirus. Have you not heard of the coronavirus?" <laughs> oh my God. Okay. All right. I just. Okay. Whatever. The point is, <laughs> we are now reaching the weekend of of uh, quarantine uh, week one, and I was absolutely blessed on weekend one of the coronavirus. To watch four tens in a row, guys. Do you know how rare that is to watch a true masterpiece on film, uh, and then not just watch one, not just watch two. Heck, you don't even need to watch three to watch four. You gotta be kidding me. Uh, it's just you know, it's crazy. Also, I was gonna say too, is COVID anything the same as Kofi? Just a just a thought out there. Uh, this is the this is turning into the the. Uh, do we cheat him and how uh, happy hour I, I don't even know I'm really going off the deep end but okay so I watched four tens and what what were those four tens and I still vividly remember this Friday night annihilation oh man I've talked about it already I've talked about it on prior podcasts one of the best movies of the decade, one of the best movies of all time, got to watch it again. And it's funny that I I say that. I own the film. I own the 4K of this film. But any time that I watch this movie, I feel like it's a privilege, not a right. I feel like I'm getting to experience this film. Not only that, but I feel like each time I watch it, there's, there's a new something or other that I, I've learned, I've questioned, and so this one was interesting on this viewing because I'm still trying to figure out if Natalie Portman is an alien at the end of the movie. I really think that she is, and I've always thought that she is, but there's just some more questions popping up because, if you remember, at the end of this movie, she escapes the lighthouse, and she des- she doesn't really destroy the alien but she lights that, the alien lights itself on fire and it looked like Natalie Portman, but then it kind of just disintegrated and she leaves. But does she? Because when she gets back, she has that weird conversation with the alien who's her husband. But there's also this bit where when the husband's talking at the beginning of the movie, there's this scene where they're sitting at a table and uh, they've got, there's this glass of water that's separating the two of them in the shot it's a really well-placed shot that same exact and so on one side of the water on the right side is her husband who's an alien and on the left side is her not an alien but then in this scene towards the end after she comes back there's another scene with a glass of water and she is now on the right side of that glass of water that leads me to believe that she's an alien not only that but when she hugs her husband She's got glowing eyes, and all, but my brother's convinced that she is not an alien, so I just, the fact that we're still having conversations about that, the fact that we're still trying to piece, it's just, oh man, and then you throw in, you got Natalie Portman, give me a break, and then Tessa Thompson, and Gina Rodriguez, get, get me out of here, Oscar Isaacs, you gotta be kidding me, no way, uh, absolutely, and it's only an hour and 55 minutes. I feel like you should watch that movie every day. Speaking of a movie that I've tried to watch almost every day, uh, this is number two. This movie was on um, Saturday. So that Saturday, uh, I decided to watch Avengers Infinity War. And whenever I decide to watch those movies, it's the same as getting to watch Annihilation. It's the exact same. Because that, to me, that was essentially a rehash of 2018. Because Annihilation and Infinity War both came out in 2018. And those were, I believe, my number one and number two movies of the year. So just getting to watch them back-to-back was magical. But watching Avengers Infinity War on 4K, oh man, it was it was a trip it was an absolute trip and i I say that and i'm not going to say anything else because i'm going to be doing it again uh and spoilers the next the other one i watched was avengers endgame which is also a 10 but um for those of you that don't know i'm moving my wife and i were finally found a house and we are moving uh in a week and a half on the 20th and so once we move in perfectly, April 25th, which was when I watched Avengers Endgame, and and I think that's when I watched Avengers Infinity War 2 the year prior, uh, that's on a Saturday, the next weekend. So I'm hoping and praying that I have my entertainment setup done so that I can do a rewatch of both of those movies on the day that it happened as an anniversary, but also as a celebration of getting into this new house. So again, like I said, there's obviously more serious things going on in the world right now. But during this podcast, these are the things that we're going to be talking about. These are the these are the important things of the day. Uh, but so, okay, so I finished watching it. And I'm thinking to myself, I got to pop in Avengers Endgame. But at that point, I started talking with my cousin. And he was like, hey, you just watched Infinity War? You should have told me I'd watch it with you. And I was like, oh, well, do you want to watch Avengers Endgame? And he's like, eh which is the wrong answer, but uh, we had a good lively discussion as to why Infinity War is better than Avengers Endgame. And I love having that discussion because it seems like every time I rewatch these movies, I like one more than the other. Well, let me preface that. Whenever I rewatch these, I like them both the same. Like I like, I think they are a perfect two pair of films to watch. And obviously that's kind of how they were made. But then when you're going, which one's better? There are days where I think Endgame's better, and there are days when I think Infinity War's better, and it's weird, because when I feel like Endgame is better, I get this, this sort of content feeling inside me, like, yes, that just makes sense. It makes total sense that Avengers Endgame is the best movie ever, but then when I think of Avengers Infinity War as being the best movie ever... I get this almost sort of like rebellious feeling of like a. It's not Avengers Endgame like it should be right like that's the best movie it made the most money it was it was a feat three hours perfectly made, but if Infinity War was also perfectly made and there is a lot of cool stuff that happens in Infinity War so so what I think I'm going to end up doing and a treat for you guys obviously is um, I talked about it in my my. Um, uh the phase phase three part two infinity saga and me episode on the podcast i did talk about these movies but i'm thinking once i rewatch them again i will just do an episode just on infinity war and endgame maybe see if i can make some comparisons and whatnot we'll see but so that i so i watched avengers endgame the following day uh which was just it was beautiful so the interesting piece is i i was trying to think of how many times i cried And I cry, I almost think I cry more in Infinity War, because in Avengers Endgame, or maybe it was Avengers Endgame that I cried, it's it's happy tears in Avengers Endgame, and it's sad tears in Infinity War, so it's like, what, you know, pick your poison. But in between that, we watched Nacho Libre, Nacho! And uh, so save me a piece of that corn, because that movie is a 10 out of 10, one of the best movies of all time, funniest movies of all time. And so then after that, that is when quarantine truly hit, after that week. So I guess we're kind of talking stories here too. So at that point, I'm now, I I work from home full-time now, uh, which is crazy. It's wild. It's been weird. I've been home now for two weeks, I think, fully, and um, it's just been weird. It's been really strange. Uh, It's been awesome at the same time because I'm home all the time. I don't have to worry about driving anywhere, but... And like I said, I don't get out much anyway. Like I I don't usually go out. My wife and I are are very homebodies, very much homebodies. And uh, so there's not really much that's been changed. But we love going out. We love going out to eat. We like going on dates. And uh, not being able to do those things has been a bummer. And uh, so the the only salve to that bummer is uh, you know getting to watch movies and TV. So these you know this is when this is the following week. So now this is when I said, okay, you know what this we're going to be working from home for a long time or i'm going to be home for a long time now is the time to dig in and really get done with all these movies that i keep saying i want to watch these shows i keep saying i want to watch let's do it so i did i watched the endless uh which is on netflix and good movie, really good movie. Highly recommend it. Uh, as kids, they escaped a UFO death cult. Now, two adult brothers seek answers after an old videotape surfaces and brings them back to where it all began. Cool premise, right? That's why I wanted to watch it. And uh, it's on Netflix, like I said, so uh, check it out. It's written by Justin Benson and directed by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, who also are the main characters named Justin and Aaron so I always kind of have a soft spot for those films that the uh the characters have the exact same name as their own name I always wonder like are they that bad at acting that they like they can't get into character unless it's their own name I I have no idea but the movie was awesome it was really good uh definitely lived up to its premise it is a trippy movie like it's you're in it and you're you kind of get lost in it just like I guess you would if you were in a cult. Um, and I'm not going to say anything more than that. It's a movie came out in 2017, but I just, in terms of the enjoyment of it, I don't want to spoil it because it's really cool. And there's a lot of questioning throughout the film of like, is it actually a cult? And are there actually aliens? And, and I don't want to spoil, you know, the answers that you get in the film S- save to say they're, they're the best and like, it's, it, it's really cool. It's awesome. Uh, Next one is a a really interesting film. So as as I'm sure you're aware, I'm a huge fan of the Criterion collection to the point where I was thinking of doing a monthly episode of Criterion films, uh, kind of diving in a little deeper into them. And if that's something you guys are interested in, obviously, you know, shoot a comment, a like, send me a letter, fan mail, uh, because I really want to do it. Uh, But the thing is, I want to know what I'm talking about. So I would do it for films that I've probably seen a couple times and then obviously you know watch all the special features, read the booklet that way I know it all or at least can talk about it. Uh, and so for these ones that I just purchased, I've only seen them once so I don't think it's enough to actually dedicate a whole episode to but so this one is a movie by Lars von Trier called Antichrist that came out in 2009 as well. and this one was I wanted to get it because I'm a huge fan of Lars von Trier actually. Um, for some reason, I just really like his movies. He's a really good director, and they're they're kind of out there. They're very different. Uh, but the big word I'm sure everyone uses for his films is controversial, and they are. If if you are not watching this movie by yourself, there's a really good chance that the movie is going to be controversial. So I actually, and I watched this movie on my own um, for that reason, too. It's, a, it's a, I, I'm a big believer in art appreciation more so even more so than art discussion in in the sense of I I put more importance on being able to view a piece of art such as a film as opposed to talking about it and so I think I think with with movies like this uh, it's one of those ones where you need you like you got to see it and you have to see it hopefully with with an a- absolutely open-minded lens uh otherwise there's gonna be there's gonna be some clouds in your judgment right like you're gonna watch a movie like this having heard because there's a lot of news surrounding this film too of like what happens in it and uh you know how people felt about it this movie like he and you see it in the special features too on the the criterion disc uh when they premiered this at the Cannes film festival uh i i could have sworn maybe he got banned from coming but also they have like footage of reporters asking him like how dare you make this movie and he's like uh how dare you ask me a question like that like i can make whatever art i want and so that's where it's like yeah i get it i get the controversy and it's not a movie for everybody i guarantee you that but It's a movie that I think if you are into Lars von Trier or you are into controversial sort of stuff or you just want to check it out, just watch it and see what you think and then talk about it versus talking about the art before you've seen it, before you've been able to put a judgment. That's why I feel that it's so much more important to actually view a piece of art than to just talk about it, because there's a lot of people out there that probably have a lot to say about this movie or any of those other ones that he's made, but have never actually seen it. So not only that, but it's Willem Dafoe and Charlotte Gainsborough uh, Gainsborough. Uh, and I, I believe it's Char- Charlotte, or sorry, she's French, but um, but it was awesome. It was a really, really good movie. I liked it a lot. It, it's just really well made. And all I'll say is, ugh, man, and I and I don't even want to spoil it. It's from 2009, and I guess I spoiled the last 2009. I'm just going to read what it says on IMDb. A grieving couple retreat to their cabin in the woods, hoping to repair their broken hearts and troubled marriage but nature takes its course and things go from bad to worse. I will just preface by saying, I thought that this movie, and and there's some scary bits in this movie, but I thought this was going to be a scary movie. And I thought there was going to be some sort of supernatural force, uh, that, you know, rears its ugly head, like a giant devil demon, uh, just based on some of the things I had read in terms of the, the whole, uh, a horrible nightmare when they're at the, in the woods. um, there isn't, and so that's the only thing I will say. There isn't it. This movie, and you can look at it on IMDb. There are only three people in this movie. There is Willem Dafoe and Charlotte Gainsborough, and then uh, their their son uh, Nick, who uh, I uh, yeah I'll just say he's not in the movie for very long, uh, and that is actually the impetus for this movie, uh, and you, you know I'll, I'll talk about that bit okay as well because it's beautiful. It, it's terribly beautiful the way that it's shot so the movie starts out in slow motion it's it's all slow motion all black and white and essentially um just kidding i'm not going to spoil it but uh you definitely should check it out again just to say that you saw it to to craft your own opinions especially if if this is a movie you haven't heard anything about because i would say it was a good film and i liked it, it and it's something where if you're into film into cinema Obviously, all of these movies are film and cinema, but in terms of like, okay, I want an artsy film, this is a good one for it. So go in with a blank slate and then judge it at the end. Watch it all the way through, and I I will say, there are some scenes where I did have to close my eyes, and it was not because it was scary, it was because it was gross. And I I guess the word would be, it's probably disgusting, or you could say horrifying is probably even a better word for it, but you'll know when it's coming obviously and you can close your eyes too but I won't say anything more than that Antichrist Lars von Trier check it out next up the autopsy of Jane Doe another one that was on on Netflix and I really wanted to see but I've been putting it off Uh, and it was good it was awesome it was with Brian Cox and Emile Hirsch Uh, they are coroners at a morgue and uh, there's this body, Jane Doe, who they're trying to do the autopsy on, and they just keep finding weirder and weirder stuff. Uh, it, it was aw- it was a awesome ride. And by the end of the movie, it's it's one of your classic IFC indie movies. So you're kind of it, it's not an amazing movie by any means, but the story and plot are really really cool. And it's a good scary movie. It definitely had some spooky scenes, and I I, I jumped. I had a couple jump scares in it um okay the Meyerowitz stories also on Netflix it's a Netflix original this was by Noah Baumbach as well written by him and directed by him so congrats to him he's got another hit on his hands thought it was a great movie Adam Sandler Grace Van Patten Dustin Hoffman uh, Elizabeth Marvel Emma Thompson and uh did I say Adam Sandler, right, but also Ben Stiller is in this movie, why am I not seeing him on IMDb, that's weird, but uh, good movie, just the same, same as Francis Ha, I would uh, put it right right around the same as Francis Ha, so if you liked Francis Ha, if you like, you're going to like this one, and again, it's on Netflix, it's free, but it's good, it's just another movie about a, fam- a dysfunctional family, and the brilliant dialogue that they all share with each other, In uh, another great acting turn for both ben stiller and adam sandler to let you know they still got it uh next one is a another one i wanted to see for a long time uh probably since this movie came out which is 2012 the movie 2012 uh, the movie actually came out in 2009 but uh this is starring uh john cusack Thandi newton is in it along with chidwell Ejiofor and amanda pete Uh, I gave this one a 6 out of 10. It was all right. Uh, It's long. It's way too long. It's 2 hours and 38 minutes long. It's, It's basically as long as Avengers Infinity War, except it feels like Infinity in this movie. Um, it's just, it's all about how the world ends and the, and the world is destroyed. And in that regard, the story is great. It's a cool story. Same thing, especially in this coronavirus, uh, atmosphere that we're in right now, this environment, uh, it's a good movie to watch to, to see that, yeah, things could be worse. They definitely could be worse. Uh, the whole world could be ending. And to imagine where we were in 2009, talking about the Mayan prophecies of 2012, To watch this movie, it was just pretty funny that uh, they were able to pull something like this off where the world basically ends. And uh, by the end of it, they have to start a new life, a new world, which is really cool to see that they followed through with it in the whole film. So hats off to them. Congratulations. Uh, A couple of rewatches here that... uh, didn't really change my ratings for the movie. They're still as great and good as they were, but uh, we're re-watching my wife and I love Disney movies, so we just re-watched a bunch of oldies, but we watched Hercules, uh, Aladdin, and the Return of Jafar, and then Aladdin and the King of Thieves, and I love Aladdin and the King of Thieves, or I used to, excuse me, after watching this one, or watching it this time it's not as good as I remembered it. So that was another one of those films where when I was a kid, I liked it a lot more than what I do now. And that's fine. It happens. I'm glad that I'm seeing there are some because there's still movies like Kangaroo Jack that uh, that I love, that I still love, or, or I'm going to throw it in here. I try to throw it in every podcast, but The Scorpion King uh, or Mummy, The Mummy, Mummy Returns. Those are some other ones. Master Disguise. But, uh, but yeah, so Watched those. Those were all fun and dandy. If you haven't seen them, what are you doing? You should, definitely should have seen Hercules. I don't blame you if you haven't seen Return of Jafar. That one's a little iffy at best. But um, King of Thieves is good. It's got some good songs. It's got one of my favorite songs, which is Out of Thin Air. And, uh, ooh, okay. Uh, TV show wise, My Hero Academia season four finished up and finally watched the last episode of that. Uh, with Endeavor. Oh, great, great season. A couple of low points, but overall, the show is still perfect. I love my Hero Academia. Also, my wife and I, we, we watched uh, Binged the Tiger King. So, uh, hey, all you cool cats and kittens out there. It's Carol Baskin at Big Cat Rescue. Uh, also, I am of the opinion, I will say this, because this is uh, kind of the same thing as when I was watching the uh, Lori Peterson uh, documentary of her going disappearing, and I came to the conclusion that there was not enough evidence to convict her husband of murder. That does not mean that he didn't murder her. I don't know if he did or not. I wasn't a part of that, but um, in terms of evidence wise, no, absolutely not. They should have. They sh- should not have convicted him. This is uh, another instance of that where uh, this show is essentially a media trial, right? Like. You hate almost every person in this show and that's by design because these people are not good people but I got to tell you I think Carol Baskin had something to do with her husband and that's not just because that's what the Tiger King's saying that's because when I'm watching what Carol does what she says her story she tells I just it, there's something off about her and she is literally trying to stop other people from doing what she is doing She's just she's the the equivalent of, of putting lipstick on a pig in the sense of she is also containing a bunch of big cats. She's just saying that she's rescuing them. Now um, some people may not understand semantics, but you can say that you rescue a cat or you can just say that you have a cat. Um, I My wife and I we have two cats. I, I could say I, I've got a cat rescue here at my house. I've got two of them right here and I cannot believe that my neighbors have pets uh confined in their tiny little house uh i have pets in my tiny little house but i've rescued them i saved them from what could have been a terrible life uh, it just doesn't that does the logic is not there it doesn't make sense carol uh re-watched parasite holy cats uh just as good as the last time so if you haven't seen that one check it out and then the most recent one i just watched that was a new one is a uh, portrait of a lady on fire and so this is a movie that came out last year. It's a foreign film. It's a French film by Céline Siama. I hope that's, I said it right. Starring Naomi Melon and Adelaide Hanel. I, I hope I said those right too. But uh, really, really good movie. A really moving movie too. Really powerful, strong, exciting, but also sad. Uh, it's about a, a girl or woman who um, is a painter, and she is tasked with going to this island to paint, um, and her name is Marianne, and she's going to an island to paint Eloise, who uh, is about to be married, or is going to be married soon, doesn't want to be married, other people have come and painted her, and she didn't want anything to do with it, she hated it, she wouldn't even pose, and so they've hired uh, Marianne uh, because she's, she's one of the best, but what happens is eventually uh, they fall in love and it's tough to watch because you know and, and she even says it at one point when uh, after they really get into it like there it's been a day or two and so essentially what happens is she tries to paint her and she sort of does. She comes down and pretends to not be a painter so that Eloise won't leave like she's done with the rest of them. That was a trick that her, Marianne and uh, Eloise's mother kind of had in mind and, uh, but eventually she reveals that, yes, she is a painter and she was painting her or wanted to paint her uh, portrait and she kind of gets upset, but they've kind of grown a relationship at this point. They're definitely friends, but, um, the mother has to leave for five days. Uh, and she was going to leave at that point with Marianne. They were going to basically both take the same boat out. But, and at that point, the mom too was like, okay, well, you didn't get it done. Like she had a painting, but she burned it because she hated it. She's like, well, then let's leave. And and Eloise is like, no, she should stay and do it again. And her mom's kind of shocked, like, what? Like you you didn't want to have your picture done. So hey, her mom obviously doesn't know what's going on. But she and and by the way, her mom is played by Valeria Golino, who those of you may know as Ramada from the Hot Shots movies, from Hot Shots One and Hot Shots Part Two. Uh, so that was awesome to see. I'm really glad that she's still, she's still out there, still kicking. Um, but it's just a really powerful movie. So her mom leaves and it's just her, them two. And then kind of like a, it's like a assistant housekeeper, something like that named Sophie, who's in the house too. And, uh, so they're kind of getting to know each better, each other better. And eventually they fall in love and uh but it's it's so heartbreaking because it's like they they seem obviously you know they've only been together for a couple days but like the passion that they have is so strong but you know that it's gonna end the minute the mom gets back and she's gonna get married and gonna they're gonna go live their own lives but it's that you know don't don't cry because it's over. Smile because it's ha- it happens. And there's this great bit in it about Orpheus and, and Eurydice. If those of you who are not unfamiliar, there's some movies you can watch out there I've seen of uh, the Testament of Orpheus, Orpheus. Um, and I'm not super familiar with the actual play, the actual story, but in it, what happens is or- Orpheus, I believe, is be- is going to the underworld or going to hell or just being taken away. And, and his, the love of his life, Eurydice, she um they they tell him like you need to come basically you need to come right now don't even look back at her if you do you will never see her again and so as he's walking away eurydice says turn around like look at me one last time and he does he turns around and she disappears and so they have they're reading this one of the nights this this play and uh, and it's just tough because they're having. It was weird. I'm like, you guys are talking about this book, but it's like, oh, this is the 1800s. Like, these are the only kinds of conversations they can have. But the the assistant Sophie, she's like, why would he turn around? Like, why he knew what would happen. Why would he turn around? And they're like, because he was in love. And and but the uh, Marianne says something so powerful. She's like, no, no, no. He, this was. He's not a lover. He's a poet, and he's a poet in these stories. A lover wouldn't turn around but a poet would a poet would turn around because they would want to see that person for the last time to have that memory ingrained in them forever versus not doing it and then getting so it's it's like the idea is almost better than the actual thing of it which is kind of a theme throughout the movie and was really beautiful so at the end when the mother eventually gets there and she leaves uh yeah eloise runs down the stairs as she's why and she can't even stand it at this point marianne's like i gotta get out she like can barely give eloise a hug because she doesn't want the mom to know and she's like breaking down and so the last she like is leaving and and uh, eloise says turn around and she turns around and looks at her and, and then she disappears just like the story it's just they're so ugh, It was just a, it was a really powerful and moving movie so that's on hulu So if you haven't seen it, I'd check it out again. It's a foreign film. It's all in subtitles. It's all French, but I really recommend it because it was, it's just a really good love story. And it's a really well-made movie too. And well shot crisp as can be absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, But that's it. Those are all the ones I saw. And I I was about to say, aren't aren't there any others? And all I keep thinking is Wong saying what you wanted more. And um, so, yeah, so that's where we're going to leave it. So uh, like I said, maybe next week, Uh, I'll pop on and do another episode and see where things are going, though I will say next weekend is is high time for moving, so I may be busy. But rest assured, the the podcast will not go away. We will keep putting out episodes as long as you guys keep listening to them. Uh, And again, uh, as much as I horribly joked, uh, and by horrible I mean not funny, not hopefully not bad taste, but just not funny, uh, as I poorly joked throughout this episode about the coronavirus. One more shout out to all of you out there. Uh, just stay safe, stay indoors, uh, socially distance six feet away, wear your face masks, your bandanas. And uh, we will all get through this together uh, as, man, did I, okay, I don't think I put it as a recently deleted. I'm going to leave with this. When I was watching Avengers Endgame, um, I was like, wow, this movie is, uh, is a lot like the coronavirus uh, or at least what's going on right here. Think about it. Uh, end of Infinity War, snap happens, coronavirus hits, half of the population is wiped out. And it felt like it, right? Like if like we all had to go indoors, we all had to hide. Life has never been the same. We're walking around, and so then Avengers Endgame comes around, and uh, you got like the self help groups of you know we've got to move on, we've got to move forward, got to move on, and um, we get we get to the end of the battle after Tony dies. And he's got his speech. And I cried this time when I watched, listened to the speech. And I think that was because it felt like what somebody would say, somebody like an actual good person would announce to the world um, afterwards. And I'm going to read this to you. So I'm going to end this episode with a quote from Tony Stark himself. Everybody wants a happy ending, right? But it doesn't always roll that way. Maybe this time. I'm hoping if you play this back, it's in celebration. I hope families are reunited. I hope we get it back and something like a normal version of the planet has been restored. If there ever was such a thing, God, what a world. Universe now. If you had told me ten years ago that we weren't alone, let alone, you know, to this extent, I mean, I would have been surprised, come on. The epic forces of dark and light that have come into play... And for better or for worse, that's the reality Morgan's going to have to find a way to grow up in. So I thought I'd better record a little greeting in case of an untimely death on my part. I mean, not that death at any time isn't untimely. This time travel thing we're going to try and pull off tomorrow, it's got me scratching my head about the survivability of it all. Then again, that's the hero gig. Part of the journey is the end. What am I even tripping for? Everything is going to work out exactly the way that it was supposed to. For Comics and Cinema, I'm your host, Alex Klein, and I love you 3,000.